Three, two, one. Are we live, John? We're live, sir. Whoa, I feel like it's been virtually impossible to get our awesome guest on the actual air. She was here last week, uh huh. and then the Facebook shutdown happened. That was you crazy. guys should have seen John panicking in the corner trying to get everything working, <laughs> thinking it was his fault. I thought it was me. I did. He thought it was his fault, but it wasn't. Facebook shut down. Yeah, little did we know when we left, Facebook shut down. John, what's going on? You had a long day, right? We won't do shout-outs today for everybody watching. We do shout-outs every week, but yep. we have the show tomorrow, and we want to be very um, conscious of Melissa's time because she's gracing us with her presence after we goofed up last week. And the time before was the Polar Vortex The Polar week. Vortex, So yeah. third time's a charm. So uh, you've had a long day. I'll let you give your <laughs> daily rundown before it's, we get into this. It's been a long day, but very well worth it. Uh, woke up in Arizona at about quarter to three this morning to get to the airport uh, to jump the 530 flight to get here. Had a bunch of work to do, and here we are. Good, and we're all on is, air. All is well. On air. Everything can, is working. I can see on my it? phone that it's working. Yep. Perfect. We're, we're doing okay. Uh, but yeah, shout-outs tomorrow. Shout-outs tomorrow. I got a couple sure. for you. Oh. I might one-up you this time. Never yeah, happens. He always one-ups me. He ten-ups <laughs> me usually. But I might get you tomorrow. That's cool. I look forward to it. Um, let's get into our guest because I'm excited to have her on. I probably yeah. could speak to her for a couple hours because even before the show started last time, we chatted for about an hour before. Oh, we had we a great going. time. Yeah. Um, none of you could see it but or hear <laughs> it, but we had a great conversation. Um, Melissa Graham, she's with Purple Asparagus. She's the CEO, and I love this. She's the head spear at Purple Asparagus. I'm not going to butcher this. I'm going to let you tell us what Purple Asparagus does and then jump into it. Purple Asparagus is a nonprofit that educates children, families, and the community about eating that's good for the body and the planet. Through exploration and discovery, we inspire a lifelong love of good food. Um, how we do this is through our Delicious Nutritious Adventures program that we teach uh, during the school day in the classroom to young elementary school students. And is it Chicago-based? or? It is a Chicago-based program, so we're working with... Uh, underserved Chicago schools all over the city. And unfortunately, and we, we spoke about this off air last week, those schools are definitely more hard hit with the nutrition deficiencies than some of the other schools. Absolutely, absolutely. They, uh, you know, the lunch program is often the uh, main source of calories and nutrition for some of these students. Uh, many of them get breakfast, lunch, and sometimes even dinner at, at their schools. And I, you guys have a website, and I love on your website where you guys have some fun, delicious recipes. And it's almost an education piece, not just learning, like you said, how to eat in school, but how to take what you guys are teaching them in schools and then obviously transition that outside of school so they can continue being nutritious. Precisely. That is um, our, you know, as I said, our goal is to get kids to, to love fresh fruits and vegetables, to go home and ask their parents to, uh, to buy them at the grocery store, to really short circuit that process uh, between parents having to try different fruits and vegetables multiple different times with their kids, to kids wanting to try it maybe the first or the second time. And, and if, even if they try it and don't like it, having the language to explain what they don't like about it or what they do like about it. Yeah, so they can almost set themselves up on 
it's almost like a kid's healthy meal plan. I, I when I was a personal trainer, I always told everybody your nutrition immediately correlates to your energy levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids need to sustain a certain amount of energy. They need to be able to get through school, have good brain function. And it, uh, you know, when we're speaking off air, realizing how hard hit some of the lower served areas are, it, it's awful. It's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about access, and access is a very big issue in these communities. But if you don't have education, the access goes often to waste. Absolutely. Um, how did you get into this? So what was the background? Because it's um, obviously a great cause and it's unique. Um, what got you into purple asparagus? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a career changer. I was an attorney, as we discussed. Yeah. I was an attorney for 10 years. I'd always wanted to do something in food. And when I retired <laughs> in my early 30s, I started a small catering company, and that was really going to be my main focus. And we, there was a group of us that had been involved in another organization, started Purple Asparagus on the side. And our original mission was to bring families back to the table, hosted small events, dinners, some occasional classes. What happened along the way, we were invited into a school called McAuliffe School in Logan Square. Uh, they were doing this whole healthy eating by design initiative, multiple, multiple partners, University of Illinois, ourselves, and another couple nonprofits. And they asked us to put together a after school program for parents and children together. So we put together this healthy snacks workshop. In healthy snacks workshop, we um, taught recipes very similar to what we do now, introduced fruits or vegetables. But through that process of, of generating this, this program and working with the, the students and parents, we realized how much of a need there was for in-school education on nutrition, and in particular, fruits and vegetables. I really love that because um, it's like you took a, your passion and then the passion took took a route it took which, me yeah, it took yeah, you yeah. which is what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. and then you almost fell into this area by having obviously the experience in logan square um what do you guys find is the kind of big challenge of being able to get the word out to all of the because there's a lot of schools that are mm-hmm. underserved so there's only so much you guys can do unless those of you viewing and we're going to get into that you know um uh, volunteer, sponsor, right. and donate. Uh, what do you find is kind of the big challenge? Is it more the schools being the challenge, or is it just manpower? It is manpower. manpower. Uh, you know, uh, the, we have a wait list uh, currently, probably about 20 schools wow. that we could easily walk into. We've shown that our program is scalable. If we had one additional program person, we were able to hire one additional program person, we could walk right into eight new schools. Okay. Yeah. So it's manpower. That's a that's a really big issue. The um, It's very volunteer heavy right now. We have one staff member that is solely de- dedicated to program activities. We have a, uh, a couple contractors that work with us, but our goal is to just generate more funds to bring in those additional program people to, to expand our reach. And they're called Volunteers? Uh, they are called Volunteers. I love it. I love the spear, yes. um, the spear lingo. Yeah. And how does somebody, if they want to become a Volunteer or a mm-hmm. volunteer, 
um, actually apply? So they can just go to our website, uh, okay. purpleasparagus.org, and there is an opportunity to join us, be a volunteer. Uh, that uh, information then goes to to me, actually, and then I um, send it either to my adventure spear, because that's like our that. program person, or my deputy spear, my assistant, and one of those two people would be in touch about volunteer opportunities. Okay. And so if somebody's volunteering, how, how do they go into schools? Do they talk to the kids? Great What's question. the process Great of question. that? So there's really three different ways that you can volunteer with the organization. Uh, first, we have uh, volunteers that essentially own a program. They are our lead educators. They are the, the, the people who are in the classroom every single month working with the kids, working with the schools, running our lesson plans. We then also have assistant educators. They, um, those individuals can drop in on um, schools all over the city. They can do five programs a month. They can do one program a year. They, um, they're just there to help out the, the lead person and just have a really good time in the classroom because it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm sure the kids love it. I mean, it, it's food, which all kids it love. Is. And I think that once they become educated on the, I'm sure you guys make it a lot of fun, the fun aspects of food and the healthy aspects of food, I'm sure it's a blast to be yeah. around the kids. It's a, it's, it's, it's a real blast, but, but what's even better is the huge impact that parents report after the program. We just, uh, we just really got our impact numbers from the last school year, and Parents after the program are reporting that their kids, 76% are eating more fruits after the program. 67% are eating more vegetables. That's nearly a 20% increase from uh, over the last five years since we've been in, uh, since we've been operating. It's incredible because I think the average person who might not really have their finger dialed in on nutrition doesn't realize how much more effective as a person you are when you have nutrition. I mean, John and I were just joking off air about this fitness challenge that we can't really disclose John's magnificent weight loss and <laughs> slash body change functions yet because Two there's pounds. other people there's other people competing. But I was in it too. And anytime I've even just changed my nutrition just a little bit better, I feel better, I perform better. And it's probably exponential for kids. And it's it's a lifelong lesson you're teaching them that's gonna it's gonna take them very, very far in their, you know. This is such a fundamental building block for so much that goes on. And our program, we're trying to combat obesity and diabetes and all of these other issues that come about from being obese. We're trying to short circuit that, make sure that that sure. doesn't happen in the first place, because not only are the there the physical problems that that occur sure. from obesity and and poor eating but there's also the mental aspect yeah. of it the psychological aspect of it i mean it's such a huge impact on on anyone but in particular children children how early do you start them in the classroom so mm -hmm. what's the what's the age range of sure the curriculum is written for k through second graders okay we are getting them young we're really getting them at a point where they are excited to try things. They're excited to learn. Um, they're ready to take an adventure yeah. alongside with us. It's not math class, so they're it, not doing math not or math science. science. So this is a lot science. of fun. Yeah. It's food. Yep. 
and if you if you can't volunteer your time, obviously there's ways to volunteer funds and money mm-hmm. to help you guys because you guys um, use that money to go into different schools and expand your programs. How do you donate to that? And tell us about Purple by Night, of which course. is coming up. Yeah, so um, always looking for donations. Always got our hand out. <laughs> I uh, people sometimes, sometimes my friends want to walk the other side of the street when when we've got a big <laughs> campaign going on. Uh, but um, on our website, there is an opportunity to donate. But even a more fun way to donate right now is that we have an event coming up, Purple by Night, on April seventh from six to nine. It's at the Ivy Room. And it's a celebration of good food, of terrific impact results, and the hard work that we're doing. Just one thing I wanted to, one really strong pitch that I wanted to make is that Purple Asparagus has the um, greatest net impact, net social impact per dollar than any other food education provider in this space. Wow, good for you guys. And John and I are going to be there April 7th. So for those of you yeah. who are listening and are our friends, please show up on please April do. 7th. Support. If you can't show up, definitely go to the website. John's been putting the website on the um, on the video, and we'll put mm. it in the comment section. Donate, because it really, people say it all the time, the youth now is the future later. In mm-hmm. the city of Chicago, there's so many hard-hit areas, and I know there's a lot of people who want to try to impact some change in those areas and just don't know how to what better way than to start with kids who need better nutrition? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, events, are you guys doing Purple by Night and another one this year, or is it is that the big showcase event of the year? That is the big showcase event of um, the first half of the year. Okay. We are, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I never got to say that the third way that you can that you can volunteer with us. I know that there are a lot of people who work during the day, can't get into the classroom, can't take take the time off, but really want to help out. We have lots of really great opportunities. We're recruiting right now for new board members, but we're also implementing a new group called an auxiliary board, the auxiliary right. spears, to help us um, bring in a younger focused event um, that will be happening, if not at the end of 2019, by the beginning of 2020. Perfect. And I know Purple by Night, there's a silent auction. There will be a silent auction. There will be a something called Restaurant Row, where we have a tremendous amount of support from restaurants in the Chicago community, obviously. I, Good connection. I, a couple people watching right now who I saw watching on and off uh, own restaurants. So please, I'm going to reach I'm going to reach out to you anyways, but please donate your uh, your gift cards. If not, I'm going to. I'm going to reach out with my hands out and you're not going to walk cross street because I'm faster (laughs) than I look and I'll chase you down. Um, I I love that you said that because we, John and I have worked on a couple charities together as well. And you obviously run a charity and a lot of times there is that difficulty in having to reach out to your friends, but hopefully by now they've realized that it's such a great (laughs) cause that you're very, very passionate about. They're used to it. They've learned to say no when they need to say no. One um, item I did want yeah. to highlight for the silent auction, we're so excited. Uh, United Airlines has supported us this year with uh, with two tickets uh, that we're pairing with Marriott, uh, who has donated a stay on uh, Singer Islands, okay. either their Ocean Point or their o- Oceana Palms property. Nice. Nice. So. John, we're going to get in a bidding war come, come <laughs> the 7th. They're great properties. I've, I've been there multiple times. My mother stays there a lot. Okay. Bidding war between John Boom. and I. Although you get free, free-ish travel, right? Free-ish. 
via yes. freeish travel. So <laughs> uh, you probably won't bid like I would. I probably will not. Tell but, me this, going back a little bit. What? Uh, and it's just my curiosity. And I know we have a lot of lawyers that listen. What got you out of law? You know, um, I. Um, it was just an inspiration thing. Yeah. I um my I'd always always wanted to do something in food, and I you know while I liked the law, I really felt like there was something bigger for me out there, sure. and um, I found it. Uh, it or or it found me found in you. some ways. And you did a decade as an attorney. I did. So yeah. that's a long time. I find that a lot of um, attorney friends either just from go get through law school yeah. and say, okay, I'm not going to go and practice right. law. Right. I'll just keep my JD. And then some burn out early, and then some it just becomes kind of a lifelong no. thing. But uh, you did practice law for a long time. And it, it's great that you shifted into a passion piece. Because I always tell people, if you're, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, which you are, and you don't have a passion for it, that's going to be a really miserable thing. Yeah, yeah. And my husband, I met my husband at the firm that we worked at. And it got to a point where we were both pursuing equity partnership and for us both to be in that situation, we we at one point said this is just not 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 yeah. workable. Yeah, that's quite the competition yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chicago based right now. Are you guys planning on expanding outside of Chicago at all? It's an interesting question. We are in. We've been working with UC Berkeley. Okay. Uh, UC Berkeley. They have a design thinking program out there, and uh, they selected us as their case study for a program in the fall it was nine teams of students they all presented opportunities of using it was the question was how might we use technology to expand purple asparagus and Wonderful. so i'm going to be talking with uh, the professor in april to think about ways that we could leverage some of those projects that they created potentially to expand outside of the Chicago area in a licensing capacity or perhaps using technology to do so. Incredible. I mean, Chicago, you guys still have, you guys are doing incredible work, but there's yeah. such a mountain to climb in Chicago. Like there you said, are just... 471 uh, public schools, elementary public schools in Chicago. Wow, I didn't know that. Are, I should yeah. in real estate yeah. know that there's that many of them, but I guess you don't realize that yeah, Chicago is so densely populated and also a large area. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, our dream goal would be to serve every single one of them. And how many are you guys in now? We are in 16, direct okay. service. And we have wow. two programs that um, it's one of those licensing agreements. It's sure. Mount Prospect. Okay, that's right. We spoke it's, about that off yeah, air in Mount yeah. Prospect, too. So Chicago land in Chicago, you, yeah, guys are, yeah, we, you guys are covering. We've got the two that, are, that make us Chicago land. Any quick tips for parents who are listening who might not have their kids in Chicago schools about the uh, fruit and vegetable idea? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's make it fun, uh, make it an adventure. And really, that's the biggest thing for us is to, to get kids away from binary thinking of it of food being good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, but instead something worth exploring, worth talking about, worth getting excited about. And I think once you create that kind of passion and fun for your kids, it, it really just changes their relationship entirely with food. Absolutely. Did you growing up have a love for food and cooking? I did. Okay. My mom was an elementary school teacher, and uh, some of my most favorite memories as a kid involved... Uh, making food, cooking food, even collecting food. I, you know, grew up on Long Island. We would, um, we had a, a sailboat and a powerboat and we used to go clamming. 
there was trips to the east end of Long Island every Labor Day weekend. We would go out with an empty car, come back. My mother would be fighting with my father about <laughs> stopping at every single farm stand. She usually won. <laughs> yeah, oh, the ladies usually uh-huh. won. And we would yeah. come back in the next week, spend time pickling it, preserving it, putting it up in the freezer. And, you know, I mean, this is back in the 70s. So my mom was, my mom was a throwback in that way. Yeah, so that passion started young in you. Yeah. When did you move to Chicago? Uh, I've been in Chicago. I moved right out of law school, so that would have been 1994. Okay. Um, so yeah, law school on time. the uh, East Coast? East Coast. East Coast, and then yeah. came to Chicago for yeah, law. But I, am, but I am most definitely a Chicagoan through Chicago. and through. I, well, I would venture, I guess, New York would probably benefit from something very similar to what you guys are doing as well. I'm sure yeah. they have some underserved areas that... They do. They do. Uh, there are some good programs out there, um, mostly dealing with, with older kids, but um, some of them are, are moving, dipping their toe into working with younger students like we do. I really like that you guys started young because I think obviously you, you probably, I mean, some say you might, it might be harder to get the undivided attention of a younger kid, but it takes a lot of talent. Yeah. It takes a lot of talent, <laughs> but you can make it fun and you guys can make it exciting for them. Whereas I feel this is just me thinking out loud, but I feel like you get a 14 or a 15 year old kid in a classroom nowadays, they're probably looking at their iPad or iPhone and saying, leave me alone, please. Yeah. But when yeah. you start them younger, attention spans are short, but you might be able to catch them quicker. That's exactly right. I, I was just talking to someone about this this weekend and it was the idea of public speaking. We had to do a presentation in one of my, in a class that I'm taking. And, uh, I was asked if I was nervous and I said, you don't understand the audience that I'm usually in front of. Yeah. There's no politeness about nope. this. If you cannot keep their attention, they're gone. Well, you went from, you have the opposite side in law where everybody's very serious. You got to somehow get their attention to the other side where you have little uh-huh. kids and their attention span is all of like three seconds. And if yes. you don't have it quickly, oh, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great because, like you said, if you start them at that age and you can impact some passion in them, that passion is going to be very long-lasting mm-hmm. for them. And you said originally you guys started with the bring everybody together for, for dinner. Mm-hmm. Do you guys still kind of press that mindset with the kids? We do. Uh, you know, so much of the um, community programs that we, with, that we teach are uh, for parents and talking to them about how strategies on getting their kids to eat well and strategies to get the get dinner on the table in a way that's time effective and cost effective and i think it takes it even a step further from nutrition then you know you get the idea of they have their parents spending time with them and the impact Mm -hmm. of you know having an adult that's giving them attention especially at that age in an underserved area is so important john had a question sometimes he writes me love letters on his uh, whiteboard there and he's he's asking how do you pick a school so obviously there's a lot of underserved areas. What's the criteria and yeah. is there a pick process? Yeah. Um, so w- right now when we're looking at schools on our wait list, first and foremost, it has to be a majority of low income, uh, low income students. Frankly, we try to move it into the range of 90 to 100 percent. So the, okay. the, the, the lower the income, the higher it is likely that we'll take it. The other one is it's just got to be a good fit. There's got to be a champion in the school. It could be a teacher. It could be a principal. It could be a gym teacher. It could be a parent who is going to work with us to make the program successful. Yeah. You know, it is taught during the school day, and we do rely upon our teachers to be there and to be present 
Sure. And, the and if they plan. get excited behind it, like you said, if you have a champion at the school that's going to get excited about yep. what you're doing, it's really going to make your impact bigger. And it's, um, you know, the, the process of obviously going into a school, you got to go into a school and obviously you have to fit within their curriculum. Is it just different from school to school? How you guys have to, you know, get in there and get the program going? Yeah, it's, um, it's become a less so. There was at one point, uh, I think when we were younger, more hesitation to bringing us in. But now the teachers and we've got developed a reputation of quality educational programming. Our program does align with Common Core. It's, uh, we actually focus on literacy. Oh, and um, given that track record and that history and that, that um, the, uh, the teachers behind us, it's become less and less difficult. And I think one big misconception, and I've, I used to have people say this to me when I was trying to talk to them about dieting, is that it's expensive to eat healthy. Do you guys kind of explain that? That it doesn't, being nutritious and healthy doesn't have to be expensive because obviously you're going into an area where uh, budgeting is a factor. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that another part of it for? It is. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about we're not vegetarians and we don't advocate uh, a, a wholly vegetarian diet, but we do advocate a lot in including a lot of animal or vegetable protein into sure. your diet. And that does tend to decrease your food, your food budgets. Absolutely. You know, if we're, we're such a country of relying upon eight ounces of meat on the plate and that is expensive. Yeah. And it's not just expensive for your budget, but it's also expensive for the planet and what's happening as a result of, of um, the way we, we raise our animals. It has to be consumed relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah. That too. You have, to, you have to eat that food pretty fast. And yeah, it's um, just my own personal diet. I do so much greens. I do so many vegetables for protein. And even my carbs really come from vegetables more yeah. so than they do from bread. You right. know, and uh it gives you so much nutrition. So I, it's great that you guys do that because I think that's kind of the big misconception a lot of times is, well, if I want to eat healthy, I have to spend a lot of money and I might have to be budget conscious, Absolutely. but it doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, that is the, one of our big initiatives in the coming year is to incorporate more budgeting into our family cooking programs. We've been talking with some uh, financial organizations that might be able to help us write that into our lesson plans. I, what, what I really like about, you know, a lot of grocery stores are now starting to become budget conscious too. You know, like even Aldi is now very um, nutritious. I think they were, they were on par with the Whole Foods and um, some of the bigger uh, luxury and um, grocery stores, but budget friendly mm -hmm. and showing that you can be budget friendly yet nutritious and organic right. and healthy. Right. And there are resources. One of the, the phrases I don't like to use is food deserts. It, it diminishes the communities that we're going into. I mean, they're definitely under underinvested, um, underserved, but there are resources in those communities. Sure. For example, we're working with the YMCA to help them with their produce pickup and drop-off days. Uh, once a month, all over Chicago, they have Greater Chicago Food Depository comes with a big truck full of vegetables, and we're bringing volunteers to help them unpack that truck and um, package it up for families in the community that want to get that that produce. And if you if you have time to go, uh, and I'm talking to the people uh, who are watching, if you have time to go volunteer, you can also go to the Chicago Food Depository. I did that with uh, our office. 
a little while back and that's a, it's a cool office building thing and people do it, it all the time. It you is, show yeah. up and um, yep. you can actually go pack the food there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can unpack it with us when you go to the, go y- it. the, you y- go. With the YMCA. You can, you can do both sides of that right. packet and then right. go unpack it. And I did want to mention another uh, really important new partnership. We're working with Imperfect Produce. Okay. Imperfect Produce will be at our event. They are sponsoring our produce market. People at the event can can support our program by essentially buying all the blueberries for this month at this school. Uh, and they'll walk away with some produce from imperfect produce that they're donating. Oh, wonderful. And we're also in the in the upcoming year working out some relationship where students in our program will walk away with boxes from from imperfect produce. How can people do that? Is it, is it at Purple by it's Night? It's going to be at Purple by Night. It's Great. at the event. John. Which uh, we're gonna figure out which berry you're buying, which berry I'm buying. <laughs> but you have no, to I buy really a like bunch that. of them at once. <laughs> I will. I, I no. really like that. I really like that. That's that, that's a very creative way to get people who want to donate to donate something that is absolutely impactful on a very large yeah, scale. It's for very mission centric. Exactly. Do you still cook at home a lot? Are you still a big cook? Because you're obviously very busy. I'm very busy. Very very busy. I do. When when um. I, I work really hard. My meals are a lot more simple than they used to be, uh, especially my catering days. But I, but I do try to cook as much as possible at home. What's your favorite dish? That might be like, yeah. who's your favorite kid, which yeah. you can't say. But yeah. what? Any selections of dishes you love? I, I mean, I hate to admit it, and I'm well, I'm an, and I'm not a millennial, so I can admit it. Uh, I love avocado toast. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think it maybe. Did you love it before it became a thing? I love avocados. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that I would have, um, I wouldn't have put those two together, but it is something that I love. And it, it's when I'm home by myself, as I am this week, my husband's gone, my, my son is out of town as well. I get to, I, I get to, to eat myself and I'm going to have myself some avocado toast. Tons tonight. of avocado toast. Well, toast on its own is great. Toast on avo- its own is great. Avocados are great. So you take two great things, you put them together and their tastes don't really contradict each no, other exactly so two great exactly. things exactly put a little aleppo pepper on top of it mm. so my breakfast when i'm dieting is six egg whites and half an avocado so i'm always having an avocado mm-hmm. with my breakfast and yeah. i'm just a big fan of avocados mm-hmm. so i have a ton yeah but uh actually am i wearing my avocado socks i actually i don't oh. think so it might be <laughs> i'm not i i think i was gonna grab them this morning that would have been a perfect uh, that would have been oh, perfect oh man John, I have this thing where he gets socks delivered to him. People on air can't see it, but we sometimes have a sock competition, and he usually beats me. But if I had the avocado socks today, John, that would have been, that would that would have been, been the been dagger. Ideal. What did you do? No. But those are very, those, those are, are very nice. colorful. Mine are very plain. Ooh. I don't know if they can see them. There you go. Yeah, I can see that they can see them. There you go. I did a. You did good. I did an Instagram quick click at the airport because I was sitting there bored. I've been putting up sock pictures lately and got a lot of likes on these. Yeah. yeah. You know. You've done good They're with your sharp. socks. They're, They're sharp. sharp. Thank you. His, uh, his girlfriend, Maggie, who's watching, she sends him... Um, once a month. Once a month, a box of socks. Yeah. It's like every, every, all those shipments that are happening now where you can buy almost everything in a yeah. box that comes oh, yeah. to your door. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Dog treats, ties, Curated socks. Curated socks. I never Curated really socks. Yeah. knew it. Who knew? Yeah. You, you do a good job, John. She, um, she does it. I just, I just wear them. I just rock them. <laughs> so you're obviously very, very busy with the charity and everything you guys are doing. What do you do in your free time? I golf. You golf? Yes. 
Weather's turning. I know. I'm very excited. Yes. I am very excited for that. Although Matt Rosen, who's also actually watching, um, he, um, I, I'm not a big golfer, but I have a golf challenge against him this year because I beat him last year in a golf outing, mm-hmm. and it was my only golf outing in about five years, and he was How very upset. did he give you? He gave me three, but we ended up even. Well, that's pretty good. So yeah. I won the okay. bet. Yeah, but we fair. played best ball. It was yeah. a mess. But I, anyways, he yeah. was very upset. I was very, very happy that I won. But I have to go get golf lessons soon because I have to play him again. I probably oh, should have said yeah. this on the air because now he'll know I'm going to go get golf lessons. Mm-hmm. I want to surprise him with a win. Yeah. Where do you golf? Uh, up in Wilmette. Up in Wilmette. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Northbrook. So maybe I'll have to come by you and get lessons. <laughs> maybe I'll have to get lessons from you. Um, speaking of lessons, any um, advice we always say um, for entrepreneurs or people looking to get into a charity – um, that maybe you've learned a piece or two pieces of advice? Hmm. You know, stay the course. It's, it's sometimes it gets uh, very frustrating, uh, especially, I think, for nonprofits. You know, money is tight and uh, resources, are, you know, you don't get always the, uh, the pats on the back. I think stay the course. And the second point would be compare only yourself with yourself. Because if you start looking at what other people are doing and other impact, uh, uh, you know, what someone, uh, another organization is earning, it just, it just is demoralizing. So if you just stay like, and think about what you're doing and what you're accomplishing, what you're, the work you're doing in the classroom, that is, um, that makes a difference. And you guys are doing incredible stuff. How long have you guys been around now? We've been around since 2005. 2005. Yeah. And this is such a... Again, it's such a difficult thing to get into because you're getting into a public school. You got to bring mm-hmm. a program in there, and like you said at the beginning, you have to be trusted by the school. I'm sure the first mm-hmm. couple were very much like, mm-hmm. "Well, what are you guys trying yeah. to do?" And we'd rather teach them math and science, yep. not allowing that to happen. Well, it's also keeping them safe. I mean, that's a yeah. really big issue for us because food allergies are a huge issue these days, and. We um, work really hard to make sure that every single student can participate in the program, and we'll often make modifications. We won't bring in glu- well, we won't bring in gluten to this child if they've got a gluten allergy, or we'll bring in dairy substitutes. My uh, my adventure spear is really amazing at um, sourcing, <laughs> reading labels, and uh, procuring products that are safe for everyone. Well, I, it's incredible you guys do that because I would have thought, you know, even at that age, I mean, in my head, you guys have thought of everything I'm thinking out loud at this point, but I wouldn't have even thought to think about this kid might have some allergy to something. Yeah. And a lot of them might not even know, I'm guessing, at that point, yeah. you know, and yeah. you guys are helping them figure out their nutritional mm-hmm. capabilities. Um, but that's great. And I'm sure that's a lot of information that parents might be able to take at home and say, okay, well, I'm not going to buy this stuff. And cook it because it could make my kid sick. Yeah, exactly. What, um, outside of obviously going to Purple Spear and uh, donating time and money, could somebody do to get the word out? Just share you guys. I mean, I yeah. John told me about you guys, and I started looking into you, and uh, it's incredible what you guys do. We've, we've a couple times on the show talked about how – Certain areas of the city are hard hit, and the whole wheelhouse idea is to kind of help grow the word Chicago. Is there anything else that the people listening can yeah. do? Uh, they can follow us on uh, uh, Purple Asparagus at um, on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. 
And I, I, I know some fun people. I know some of the people watching are a ton of fun. Somebody just logged on watching. That's a ton of fun. I think they would in person do such a great job. And it's something that I think the impact's direct, right? When mm -hmm. you go and you see right. the kids and you see them get excited, hopefully they don't ignore you the whole time <laughs> and you can get them excited. I did one time go into the uh, uh, Boys and Girls Club and I tried to talk to the kids at first and then they just laughed at me and asked me why my shoes looked the way my shoes did. <laughs> yeah. and what are They did a lot of what yeah. are those. Yeah. And after some time went, they were so appreciative of us coming in there and the impact was so large that the following year, our board said we have to go back. And mm -hmm. I think that's probably what happens with all of your Volen Volen Spears. Spears, Volen yes. Spears as well. Tongue twister. John's writing me a love note again. <laughs> I am. I was just, you know what, I'll just, I'll ask I'll you myself. You ask it. Um, so with everything, with what you were just saying, as far as uh, kids having allergies and such, do all the parents have to sign off? On, I mean, how does yeah. that work? Yeah. Because yeah. So every we, bit something um, does happen. So we have a uh, permission slips for every student. It's just like it's just like going on a field trip. Right. That we ask the parents to explain what allergies they are aware of, mm -hmm. so that we can make the modifications and that they can, so that their kids can participate in the program. Okay. Yeah. Because insurance, I'm mm -hmm. assuming as well, you have to yeah. worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and and it's. It's a little bit of a belt and suspenders approach for us because the schools do have the information about the allergies mm -hmm. and the teachers oh. are generally very aware of it. But we just want to make everyone safe. Oh, and of that's course. That's the sure, most sure. important thing to us. I mean, yeah. our, our program is completely tree nut and peanut free. We never bring anything of that uh, of um, that's been even processed in a peanut facility. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're very conscious of that. Gotcha. Okay. That's it. And I don't even know if this, this next question is something that you can't answer, so tell me if you can't. Are the schools, cafeterias, and lunch programs a little bit more deficient in underserved areas? Can they benefit from a little more education in general on nutrition for kids? Well, they can definitely benefit from nutrition on kids because they, they, the food service providers have been trying to do better. Okay. Uh, with their kids and, you know, with Michelle Obama's initiative of um, changing the lunchroom standards may change back again. There was um, a pushback by parents saying, oh, my kids aren't eating what's being served in the cafeteria. And it wasn't necessarily because the stuff that was being served in the cafeteria was bad or at least any worse than it was in the past tasting wise. It's that, you know, all of a sudden you take a middle school student and you're going to say, you're going to give them more vegetables and more fruits, it's a hard transition and it sure. takes a little bit of time. So that's where we feel like we come in and short circuit Smart. it and make it easier for the, the, the lunchroom people, make it easier for parents at home, them to, for their kids to be more willing to try things. Sure. I didn't even think about that. When you start them that young, by the time they get to junior high, that's something they've now become accustomed to is that fruits and vegetables. So when it's in front of them in junior high or then in yeah. high school, they're much more likely to gravitate to eating that than, you know, if they've been eating McDonald's all the time and now all of a sudden the fruits and vegetables right. don't seem too appetizing. Well, and they also have a framework for understanding and tasting it. And we, um, in our classroom, we provide each session taste and texture vocabulary words and okay. talk about the, the, the foods that we're eating after we taste them. And I always explain to kids when I first meet them that I don't expect them to like everything. I just expect them to try it 
and to be respectful about the words they use after they've tried it. Is purple your favorite color? It is not. Red is my favorite color. Red's your favorite color? Yes. How did the purple asparagus come about? Uh, you're wearing purple, so I know. Not, I am. I am. Well, I know. Glasses and are I red. have a lot of my. I, I, I'm. I'm having a split personality day. <laughs> <laughs> my. Uh, we had a member of our board when we first were starting out, and um, it was right around this time, maybe a month later, that uh, the organization was founded. And he came to us with a whole bunch of like 20 names that were very traditional. I can't even remember what they were. And it was, you know, he even said, and out of left field, purple asparagus. And it just resonated with me because a lot of what we are out there doing is showing kids the diversity that's out there in the, in the food world and that not all asparagus is green, not all tomatoes are red, not all, you know, not all berries are, not all raspberries are red. I actually didn't know that not all asparaguses were green. Yes, they are not. John, did you know that? I did. I've had purple asparagus. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, it's and then well, don't forget about the white asparagus. Oh, that's right. There's white that. asparagus. So white asparagus is a very sad story. Oh. Because white, white asparagus, they, uh, how, they, how it retains white is that it's um, grown underground um, and, and I the farmers won't let yeah they won't let the light on it so that the it so it can't turn green mm. so i always say we should free free the white asparagus <laughs> well that's sad yes it is is sad. it just to make it make it white? look white yes oh that's terrible somebody had to sit and think of that whenever 100 years ago some Be crazy like, farmer oh, was yeah, like yeah, what, what would happen if we yeah. keep it under the dirt it's keep, crazy keep them in jail under the ground all yeah, right <laughs> imprisoned <laughs> yeah I, just, well, I wonder how they so they, do they grow smaller, typically, because they're not getting as I much sunlight? Actually, I don't actually, I don't eat white asparagus. Yeah. You're like, so I'm not eating that neglected asparagus. <laughs> it's also really expensive because of that. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think it's that much smaller. I think it's about the same size. Interesting. I've, seen it. I've just never bought it. Well, when is, she said like white asparagus, I've definitely seen the photos of it mm. and maybe seen it. But off the top of my head, I would have always just assumed asparagus was green. Tastes the exact same. Purple and yeah, green. Yeah, it does. It does, and 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 it, it's very difficult to have it remain purple after you've cooked it. It's True. usually grilling sometimes helps, but most of the time it just washes out. It looks yeah. like it's like oh, it's just. I'm it's gonna asparagus. have to have me some purple <laughs> asparagus because I actually really like asparagus too. Well, this is it. Um, in about a month, it will be the right time to get it. You can go over to any of the farmers markets and that. You'll find displays and displays of purple I'm asparagus. I'm cooking it, and I'm tagging you guys, and I typically only cook on a grill as soon as the weather gets nice, so I'll leave it purple at the end, and I'm tagging you guys in it. Did, did you say tag or inviting? Are we? Is that well, I can invite. <laughs> I, well, she is probably a really good chef slash cook, so I, I don't yeah. want to let her down. Right. You, I don't care. Yeah, me, You're going to be like, matter. whatever. It's, it's decent, and if you don't like it, too bad. Right. I don't want to let right. her down. <laughs> I'm good on a um, on my green egg smoker because oh, yeah. it, you can almost never goof the green egg up. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, but yeah. you have to be a little bit of a bonehead to do that. <laughs> but well. <laughs> I, I can't there you go. <laughs> but I'm good on a grill and I'm good on a smoker. Put me in a kitchen and I'm like, yeah, not the best. Yeah. Outside fire. That's outside fire. Put me outside and I'm okay, which means I could probably cook inside, but I have a little more anxiety with it. Did you feel, and this is more a cooking question that you just tried a lot of stuff when you were cooking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. When I, especially when I was catering, I was doing a lot of uh, recipe development I, in fact, at one point did 
uh, had a small contract with Essie Johnson to do uh, to do recipe development for wow. their Right at Home website. Good for you. Yeah. Cool. Lucky fam, lucky family you have because yeah. you're a good cook. I always say if you have a mom, a grandma, a dad, somebody in the family who's a good cook, you're very, very lucky. Yep. My grandma was a great cook. My mom, she's going to watch this and get mad at me, but she was a so-so cook. But because my grandma was so good, <laughs> right. she never had Set to develop the way the, up there. those skills. My dad right. was actually a good cook, but... You, you're, you're your family's definitely probably, in trouble with your mom now. Yeah, right? I know, I know. She she admits it. She's okay. a lot fair. of effort. She did everything else great. She was a wonderful mom, but my grandma was such a good cook. That good she save. Never, <laughs> never, ever had to uh, be a good cook. And now that we're on, she was very afraid of Facebook, so she wouldn't get Facebook. And then once we went to YouTube and everything else, she's like, well, honey, now I can watch you because it's on YouTube. So she'll just go on her Apple TV and oh, got it. watch okay. it off that. But she wouldn't get on Facebook for some reason. She thinks that her information might be compromised on Facebook, unlike everywhere else in the entire world right. that compromises right. your yeah, information yeah. now. Um, well, I'm very excited about Purple by Night. Like I said, John and I are definitely going to be there. We don't want to keep you too long. I think we could go on for a very, very long time. Um, John, you've shared the link to get tickets to Purple by Night. Yeah, we got the graphic up We're going to put the Purple by uh, Night um, link in the comments section. So please get tickets. For those of you who have restaurants I, who I know, I'm going to be hitting you up um, so we can get some uh, restaurant cards for awesome. your restaurant yes. row because mm -hmm. that's going to be awesome. And um, if you guys want to join us, please come. How much are your tickets? 125. 125. And 135 at the door. So get them beforehand. Okay. Uh, first three people who agree to go with us, I'll cover the first three people's tickets. Whoa. So first three people who say they will go with us, your tickets are on me. So there you go. All right. We're well, going to share that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll take Maggie as my date. That's no, okay. Oh, no, fine. you won't, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but first three people, seriously, I'd love to see more people come to the event. And um, obviously, if they come to the event, I think they're going to be as passionate about what you guys um, are doing as everybody else who's involved. And yeah. uh, we really appreciate it. What you're doing really does have such a lasting impact on Chicago because these kids are going to grow into the next leaders um, in their communities and in the city. And you guys are really impacting them young. Thank you. Yep. John, are we, do we have an announcement for next week for next week no, for tomorrow? No. Uh, we have, we have no graphic, but we have Heather Owen, who is the CEO of a 501c3 no kill shelter called one tail at a time. Uh, very energetic, very fun. And it was actually uh, Candace that turned me on to her. Uh, awesome. Said that they've they've known each other for a while, and Candace really is enamored by her the work she does. And telephone call we had was fantastic. So very much looking forward to that show. Very much yeah. looking forward to it too. I am ex I love dogs. Yeah, uh, I like cats too, but yeah, kind of. But oh. I don't ever want to see anything bad happen no, to cats. Of course, of course. But I love dogs. I but love the, animals. Yeah, take and, your choice. Uh, dogs yeah i mean i have a dog <laughs> right. not a cat. i'm allergic to cats i'm allergic to them. i feel like if My i wasn't allergic terrible. to them i would love them more i just feel like they're always trying to kill me <laughs> by being in my presence because i'm right. deathly allergic but right, right. i can't wait to chat with her tomorrow um thank you so much uh melissa for dealing with the facebook um yeah issue crazy. we had last week and obviously we had the polar vortex i'm glad the third time was a charm yes, because absolutely. um 
Purple Asparagus is one of those charities. You know, we have charities on all the time where um, you guys are just impacting so much in Chicago, and it's such a great passion piece from you. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to come uh, on April 7th, and thanks again for your time. Great. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I believe that's all we got. See See you guys tomorrow tomorrow at 3 o'clock, not next week at 3 o'clock. Same time as always. And uh, until then, we're out. Three, two, one.